I think when our our years are so full and so scheduled, we tend to think like, oh, I don't want to schedule anything for the summer. And the problem is like not scheduling your summer can be a mistake. Like you want to schedule your rest. You want to schedule your leisure. You want to schedule your spiritual development because what will happen is the summer will go by and you'll just be still worn out and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't take advantage of the summer at all. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Every Knee Shall Bow, your weekly Catholic podcast on evangelization. This is Mike Gomer Gormley, and I am joined by the incredible, indelible Mark himself, Dave Van Vickle. How are you doing, Dave? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. We got a little message. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got good news and bad news. Bad news, Every Knee Shall Bow is taking a break this summer. Our last episode until this fall will air on June 1st. But that brings us to the good news, which is that great things are coming for every knee shall bow this fall. We're getting a refresh and working on great content for y'all. We love you guys and we want to take care of you this summer. So please sign up for our email newsletter to receive updates on the exciting changes that are coming to every knee shall bow. You will also get links to the episode playlist, throwback content, and more. To sign up for the newsletter, text EKSB to 33777. By signing up to our email list, you'll get updates so you don't miss our first episode in the fall. Thank you for listening to EKSB and keep us in your prayers. Oh, wasn't that wonderful? That was a beautiful was. pre-recorded. It was. You, d- you should do some. You should do some voiceover work there. Yeah, no, thank you. I got too much of a lateral S. That's, that's, <laughs> I have no idea what that means. But as God is my witness, you'll never find out. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, this is going to be. This is near the end. This is near the end before our big changeover. So, uh, what do you got going on? Yeah. What, what's your What's your big summer plans? Um, so not much. I'm in, I'm back in school. Uh, so I'm trying to finally finish my master's degree and, um, you know, get that done. Every time I've, I've, uh, gone back to school, we've had family health issues and I've had to take breaks. So I'm finally trying to get that done so that I can probably then, you know, join the drudgery of continuing on in education but um if you had it your way would you be a full-time student forever and ever and ever like i would well i i would but not like i mean like if someone yeah if someone came to me and said i'd like to fund you to just stay in your office and read all day (laughs) and then like and also like i'll i'll pay for like some sounding boards, like some theologians that you could like test, you know, you could get their opinions, then yes, I would do that. And I would say goodbye to the world. So be a podcaster. That's basically, no, I would would be a full-time podcaster. That's exactly what that means. It's so funny because I was just thinking, I I was just (laughs) thinking about this, that, um, you, you put so much into podcasting, like even physically Mm -hmm. and, I like was thinking like maybe I should get some more professional stuff like Omer and it it liter- the thought literally made me nervous. I was like, <laughs> uh, no, I can't do this. I can't do it. Mm. My stuff will forever remain on the at this point 98 notebooks that I have on my <laughs> shelf that I've filled over the years since I was 14. That's so funny. And will never share with anyone. I would love to come to your house to steal those notebooks and to start <laughs> recording a podcast 
called A Day in the Life of Dave Van Vickle. And just you see some weird stuff in there, man. I went some I went through some brutal libertarian phases. <laughs> I went through some <laughs> some extreme uh liturgical issues, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're so funny. I imagine that if we were to walk people through <laughs> a day in the life our our listenership on every knee shall bow would plummet to zero or maybe one <laughs> and that one person would be your confessor from when you were in high school like yeah i remember that oh gosh that's why i drink yeah well that's that's a good point yeah that's a good point. <laughs> you got anything uh big happening during the summer uh no but i did there is something i wanted to tell you about Ooh, so what's that i mean since we're just like having our relationship here on the podcast yes yes just the two of us you and i so I don't know if you remember, but before COVID, I was doing these schools of spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. And anyways, I'm bringing that back in November and I'm really excited about it. It's called the Claim Conference and I'm super, super excited to to start promoting it. And I'm hoping that there's not another COVID bump, although I don't think America will put up with another. Well, if the UK isn't, they're at their all time highs in terms of yeah. infection and they've decided lockdowns aren't worth it. I doubt that we'd ever go back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going back. That's for sure. <laughs> it, if for every article that they tell you to put on, I will take one off. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that is funny. That's funny. We had an experience of a baby who was double masked at uh, one of our first nice. communions, a double masked baby. And I mean, baby, baby, like uh, maybe Whoa. eight months old, nine months old. No way. And wow. uh, but it turns out there was some major, major, major health issues with. Sure. Uh, sure. So and just for them to be all present in the church with these first communions, it was uh, Herculean. Dangerous effort. Yeah. OK. So uh, what about you? What do you have going on this summer? This summer? I'm actually super excited. We got. So I'm trying to just do like one thing a month, but um, obviously with the exception of the Soonville youth conferences and so i'm doing soonville st louis um in july and then i'm driving up to see you and then you're doing the bosco conference in july and then that wednesday you're doing the wednesday event so any need every need show about listeners i'm going to come up there and crash dave's maybe not your talk but come up there and be there and ascension's going to have a, a booth there so We'll be present. We'll be present around there. I'll have my family with me because I don't go on vacations. I go on paycations where I travel for work and I take others <laughs> with me. They can have fun. Daddy makes the money. Um, and then I do Soonville main campus, which I haven't done main campus in like six, seven years, six years, six years. Nice. When my first conferences, I did main campus with um, Jackie Francois Angel and with Father Mike Schmitz and stuff. And that's where I really got to know them and Ike and all this stuff. And they've become friends, you know, um, to right, this day. I text right. Father Mike, you know, it's no big deal, whatever. I just text him. We text each other sometimes. Um, <laughs> but uh, I tell people that all the time. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Well, he is probably the biggest contact in your. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't text with Father Mike Schmitz. I don't. Oh, that's sad. He would definitely be like, stop stop contacting <laughs> you're tacky and i hate you so no so my my whole summer revolves around that and then um when i get back it's it is full speed because school starts on august 12th kickoff is right. september 12th for our um all of our children's faith formation youth ministry adult faith formation um and that also me and sac prep and that also means august is registration month so Yikes. a lot of help sessions, a lot of um, Spanish translations of stuff just to get people all signed up, ready to rock and roll. We're going to have to do core member recruitment training, catechist training. We do a big catechist training day and all that planning starts today. So 
uh, yeah, it's just insane. And we're going to go to World Youth Day 2023, so you got to plan for all that stuff. But Right, you're, you're, you're rocked. Oh, man, so, it is crazy. It, it really is amazing how much you do. I mean, I'm, I'm always in awe. I couldn't do any of it without this staff, and they saved my butt, especially since, Dave, you know what happened on May 25th? Was it your birthday? It was my birthday. See, it was my birthday, Dave. I feel bad because I didn't contact you, but I also am offended because I wasn't invited to your party. It's okay. No, I'm offended. What it's party? Not okay what on party, party are you thinking about? There was a party was posted on Facebook awesome. that, that <laughs> they had a, like a, a surprise party. Yeah. Yeah. And I just assumed I'd be jumping out of a cake or something like that. <laughs> I, I assume so too. I walked in. I had no idea. I had not even a clue. And wow, when, she's so good. She was, she was. And looking back, I thought, oh, oh yeah, there definitely were clues that were out there for any person uh, <laughs> with eyes to see and ears to hear. But um, what ended up happening was my buddies took me out to go see Top Gun Maverick. And then we oh, went, was it? it was fun. It was fun. I had a blast. I watched Top Gun last week with my wife and I'm like, all I'm saying is there better be a denim beach scene. And there was. So that's all that matters. <laughs> they recreated it with football instead of volleyball, whatever. Um, but no, it was a great movie. It was fun. It was just, it was just a good time. And then, uh, went out for drinks and I'm like texting my wife. I'm like, Hey, about to come home, get excited. And she thought, Oh no, he knows. No, I had no clue. I was just like, get excited. Cause I'm going to oh, be that's present. Funny. I walked in and my mom comes out and I'm like, what's my mom doing here? And then all <laughs> these people start pouring out. It was awesome. It was a good mix of people, but, uh, yeah, we had fun. We had fun. Cool. I'm now no longer a young adult. According to the USCCB. Yeah, you're an old man. I'm 40. Completely. When do you turn 40? Uh, like six or seven years. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I mean, you turned 40 20 years ago, technically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I was born 55 and angry. <laughs> Kids today with their VH1 and their rap music. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of summers, that's what we're going to talk about today. That is? Is summers in ministry what it's like you know and what you should do and how you should plan your summers um i think like for most people in church work when you talk to them they are in kind of i, I don't want to say a rat race but they're busy and so summers are precious right because usually we take a little bit of a backseat on ministry and so what do you do what do you plan what are the things you focus on during the summers um you know what are those things that can help you to have the next year be more successful. What, what, what did you used to do when you're, especially when you're in youth ministry? Yeah. When I was in youth ministry, summer was full. June was full of trips. So there was no slowing down. May was, May was your breather because that's when we, we ended the programs with the end of the year party at the end of May. Then we did a senior dinner and then it was parent meetings for all of our summer trips. So there was no easy time, no slowdown. But in July, I would do a Theology of the Body seminar for teens and adults, 16 and up. And then after that, I would do planning. But planning always had to involve a couple other extra steps in order to get that breathing room. That That's when I started taking a like, okay, I need to focus on this. So that meant typically I would read uh, on Catechesis in Our Time from Pope John Paul every year. Uh, I would read Catechesi Tridende, and I would have it read as I'm about to start my curriculum writing. So I always keep the main thing, the main thing. I always keep uh, the balance between evangelization, pre-evangelization, and catechesis. Like, what am I really doing? Because the worky work can get so blindingly busy that 
You take your eyes off the prize. Um, and then it usually involves a retreat. And then starting at the end of July, it is 100% gearing up for the fall kickoffs and semester. Wait, a retreat for you? Yeah. Okay. I cool. need, I need, uh, like, I mean, right now, like, this is the thing that people don't understand. Like, I'm so, and I know people hate hearing this, but I'm so busy. But all of my vacations are literally going somewhere to do an event. And so my family yeah. comes with me and they go on vacation often right. without me. Like this year, I went to the rodeo for the first time because I took off work. It was the only way I could do it. I was like, no, I am doing this thing that I missed for the past five years with my family. So I do stupid stuff like this. I put myself in a corner. So I'm going to take a couple of days early, stay a couple of days. But then this year is unique because I'm leaving a group. To the Holy Land in October. I didn't know that. Yeah, me and Father David are leading a group, a group of parishioners, friends. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Did not know that. That's exciting. Yeah. Have you been? I've never been. Oh man, Gomer. I know. I'm going to come back with a Messiah complex. <laughs> I know it. I can feel it. I'm going to be one of those people who thinks he's the the, the reincarnation of Jesus or whatever that psycho psychosis is. You ever heard of that? People come back. They literally think yeah, they're sure, a yeah. Messiah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Here we go. So uh, <laughs> there's a few things that you said that I think are really important to point out. The first is this uh, spiritual development for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, uh, you didn't mention it in your just just recent moment, but you said before when you're talking about summer plans, volunteer recruitment and volunteer development. Uh, I think that's really important. And planning is really important. So for me, I always um, would usually pick a theme for my summer because um, I, you know, I did like a lot of um, adult faith formation. And what I would do is instead of like small series that I usually put on, I would put on one long series for the summer. So that would be my work and that would be it. The rest would be planning. It would be recruiting catechists, recruiting volunteers. It would be spiritual development of those volunteers um, but then, like you mentioned, um, just my own spiritual development and my own uh, uh, intellectual development, doing a lot of reading during those times, um, because, uh, again, you know, we we cannot give what we don't have. And I think that that's like a it, it's like a, a perennial problem of of church work is that we think we can um, or we think we can kind of show somebody where the water is when we don't go there regularly ourselves. Yeah. And, and that can be a real issue. You know, burnout is a, is a huge thing in church work. You hear about it all the time, especially when you're working in young adult ministry, youth ministry, those kinds of things. Burnout is a big deal. Yeah. So let me list why burnout is a big deal for just youth ministry alone. We have our catechist day, which is a training day, catechist training day. We call it cat day. We have our kickoff, which is going to be a big event and we have to do four of them for our four different middle school and high school programs. We're doing retreats again. We're returning to retreats, so we have to plan for our own retreats in the fall. We have to plan for um, a big end-of-the-year party, so our Advent party, and the New Year kickoff. All of this while writing curriculum for 13 sessions, implementing safe environment curriculum, and doing core recruitment. And obviously, Catechist Day is core training. But we have to have all this happening and done the organization for it, most of it done, even the stuff towards the end of the semester, we have to have it done in the summertime, right? And uh, at least the planning stages. And so what ends up happening is you take a look at this and it's like, okay, but here's also the stuff I have to start thinking about. 
World Youth Day 2023. Even though it's the end of the summer of 2023, we got to start planning that now. That's international travel, 40 to 50 people, some of whom are 16 years old. That's crazy. Uh, our summer camp trips, we go to Covecrest, you got Steubenville, you got Life Team Leadership Conference. Like these are events that we really, really want to do and we want to offer. But just think all of these things are weeks at a time or whole weekends, and you're trying to do all this planning. But how do you execute well? So then we began asking ourselves, well, what would make a Steubenville Youth Conference an incredible experience and not just a good experience. It would mean forming small groups early and letting them meet each other before you go on retreat and then meet as small groups after the retreat, just three, two or three times. Because the idea is it's not just like, Oh, I'm going to journey with these people. It's like the things that took place at that event, at that conference, how do we continue them into the life of the individual? You know, it used to be when you do trips, you do, uh, a bunch of uh, pre-sessions and then maybe one reunion afterwards. And it really needs to flip. You do a couple pre-planning sessions and then you do a bunch of meetings afterwards to keep that fire alive and extended going. And, and I think sometimes we get so caught up in the logistical details that we lose sight of where's the ministry impact. So that's what I'm working with my youth ministers on um, in the coming weeks. Actually, can't do it right now because they're all <laughs> in summer camp right now. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And then they have to find time to go on vacation. They got to find time to take their days off and all this stuff. So, and they took a bus to Georgia. So (laughs) from Houston, oh, it's going to be beautiful. (laughs) You imagine that you get off a bus and then you got to do a week of ministry (laughs) in the wilderness. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the life of, of the youth minister. It's for, it's a young man's game. That's for sure. One of the things I would suggest, you know, um, that, is a common fallacy just in all work and all places, but you know, particularly the church is I think when our, our years are so full and so scheduled, we tend to think like, Oh, I don't want to schedule anything for the summer. And the problem is like not scheduling your summer is, can be a mistake. Like you want to schedule your rest. You want to schedule your leisure. You want to schedule your spiritual development because what will happen is the summer will go by and you'll just be still worn out. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't take advantage of the summer yeah. at all. So yeah. my yeah, my encouragement is to find yourself a great schedule of of uh, spiritual nourishment that you do every week. This this weekend, uh, Gomer Father Dave Pavanka came over, f- which was awesome. We haven't seen him in well, I've seen him, but he we have the family hasn't seen him in like two years since COVID started, probably. And um, I was asking him because he, I mean, he's just like insanely busy, right? I was asking him like do you have, like, can you take a day off? Like, do you, do you get one day off like a week or, and he was like, well, I take vacation. He's like, but the way I structure my day is like in three parts. So it's like, you know, I, three parts of the day. And he said, I never, I try to never do three in a row. Like I try to never schedule work for three parts in a row. And I thought that was interesting, you know, that like, he makes sure that every single day, like there's some time where he can focus on spiritual development and just sanity. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta be deliberate about this or it'll slip away. You have to be deliberate. I was just talking with another guy. Um, yesterday was it yesterday. Yeah. His brother-in-law became Catholic and we were sitting down talking and, and he said, um, you know, I remember you on every niche about talking about, uh, safeguarding your prayer life. Cause that's going to be the first thing that goes when you start a professional ministry job. And he said, isn't it funny? I, I never, when I was working full time outside the church, it was never hard for me to go to adoration. And he said, and I've only been to adoration two or three times in the year since. 
And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what happens, right? When it, because it feels like you got to punch a clock every time you do the sign of the cross. And so, um, if you don't safeguard that time, and also I will say this, you also have to start growing a mental prayer. If you aren't growing a mental prayer, mental prayer is really where that refreshment comes from. I would say like breaking up your day with rosaries and divine mercy chaplets, um, it's so funny with our youth ministry meetings that almost always either starts or ends around the 3 p.m. And like multiple people's cell phone alarm starts going off and you're like, what's yeah, that right. for? And they're like, what is this? Someone calling me? Oh, oh, it's three. So we all stop <laughs> and we'll do a Divine Mercy Chaplet. Um, but it, it's it's beautiful to punctuate your day with stuff like that. Like I'm getting really into the liturgy of the hours. Um, I'm trying to incorporate more of that liturgical type prayer into my own personal spirituality. But at the same time, like you cannot ignore mental prayer. That's where the the saints talk about like this refreshment or the the cell within their soul that Teresa of Avila says every apostle needs to have. And you need to be able to retreat into it easily, which means you're cultivating mental prayer. And I, I, I mean, I can tell you, you know, so much of ministry, youth ministry, parish-based ministry, whatever, full-time ministry is putting out fires, creating urgent things, and then you look at your life and you're like, oh my goodness, wh- where'd the day go? And if you aren't being intentional, like I, the human grace builds, doesn't replace nature. So that means you need to schedule time. And I like that three-part day structure. You need to schedule time for your spiritual life, your intellectual life, you know, all your physical, you know, you can't ignore the body for the sake of ministry, right? And, uh, and it's demands. You'll be a better minister when you're physically healthier in a lot of ways, Um but the more attentive we are to these things, the more we find like our ministry becomes holistic, right? The way we approach things becomes more refined. The way we can step back into prayer, especially mental prayer, when dealing with stressful situations like parents or things that don't go right, um, we can find Christ in the middle of the chaos and that's worth your sanity and that prevents burnout in a very practical way. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the the best way to kind of uh, deepen your life of mental prayer is to give a like a focus on it for a season of life. It's hard to say like, okay, I'm going to start and I'm going to do a little bit each day for the next year. But if you could say like, you know what, this summer, that's going to be a major focus of mine. I'm going to give more than I normally would. That would be that would be a great way to start this and to do that kind of thing. And I, I couldn't agree with Gomer more. I have never devotions to me, I don't find any solace in them. I, I'm not saying that there's uh, not grace. I, yeah. I I love devotions, but I find just a deep rest and peace when I'm, you know, trying to commune with the word and, and, and practice mental prayer. So I would totally agree with that statement. I also would say like, you know, it doesn't have to be at your parish that you work at. Yeah. Like you, you know, if you're going to be adding adoration, confession, all those things into your life, you don't have to go to your parish. It could be somewhere else. And it might, it might give you kind of that separation that you need to be able to kind of de-stress and unwind, you know, and that kind of thing. By the way, this isn't just for church workers, right? Anybody who kind of takes a, you know, a, a summer, you know, this is a great time like to focus on something uh, that will make our apostolate more fruitful. This is a great time to focus on the soul of the apostolate. Oh, absolutely. And I just think in a very real way, um, you need to pay attention to your ability to, okay, okay, let, let me rephrase this. 
in my ministry circle, I'm at a huge parish. We have 1,300 students that we educate in a year, K to 12. That's outside of young adults, outside of anything else, 1,300. So when you begin to have ministries this big, planning becomes beyond essential. Like it's sink or swim on the planning. But at the same time, there is so the volume is so much that it becomes increasingly difficult to even do the bare minimum of planning. So here's the hardest thing for many of us, which is we have to figure out how to delegate. We have to figure out how to form it's it, the dreaded word, a committee around maybe certain huge events, build a group of people who can execute and give them permission. Like you're still going to do the oversight stuff, but the day to day, the figuring out little things that might be one of the key processes that you learn to adopt that can give you the sanity, right? Like, and this isn't unbiblical. I, I think sometimes we think the more I do, the holier I am. And that's that lie of the workspace apostolate. Like it's not just about your works. It's also about letting God be God. And part of it, I think is, is, is an idolatry of, of more work. And because we aren't cultivating, like if all your life consists of is going from fire to fire, task to task, you're not going to be able to ask really important questions. Like is the ministry I'm, I'm doing yielding the type of fruit that I want right? That I think the Lord has tasked me with, right? Like for instance, are my families going to confession more now that their kid went through sack prep, right? Or is it like what it's always been? 60% of our kids don't see the inside of a confessional until confirmation, right? Like what does that look like? And so we begin, you have to carve out, there's no way around it. We have to carve out time in order to ask these questions, at the same time, we still have things that need to happen. So figure out what you can do less, but also part of it is going to be front loading more work with committees in order to let them get up and running. And I just think the world of, we have this one woman, Jean, Jean uh, volunteers for everything. And she's just so incredible. And you know that when she takes it over, like her senior dinner, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. Staff person, you got to step in and do the staff person, the staffy stuff. But she's going to come up with a beautiful vision and she's going to, you know, do all this stuff. And you're just like, yes, yes. And then some and then some keep going. And uh, when you have people like that, that you can rely on, you know, like I can breathe a little bit easier that I'm not trying to, you know, buy plastic cups and, and do a colored theme and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, you know, one of the things I always did when I worked for a parish and I don't know why I can't tell you why this was so fruitful for some reason it was is, you know, during the year I like, I, I had a real, like, I, I don't want to say fear because fear's bad, but I had a very, I had angst about my parishioners going to heaven. Like I wanted, hmm. I want my parishioners to go to heaven, you know? And I had an angst about that. And during the summers I would always, for some reason, I don't know where I got this idea. Maybe it was from, you or maybe it was from somebody i don't know who told me this but i would just focus on one family praying for one family nice and like i would know who they were they wouldn't know i wouldn't tell yep. them or anything like that but i would focus on one family and you know what would happen is i would start thinking about this one family so much that like it would change my apostolate for the year because i would kind of get to know them more than i would have had i been focusing on 500 families yeah 
it was just like, I don't know, there's something about it like that really made a big difference. And, and I, yeah, I'd, I'd encourage you to try it sometime. You know, it's like we have to take the bigness of these parishes. Like, how do you minister to thousands? Well, you can do a conference, you can do a retreat, you can do certain things, right? And uh, honestly, part of my planning process is um, doing those those circles of like, okay, we have thousands of people, right, right. and then we have hundreds that. of people, and then we have dozens of people, and then we have a few. And you can only disciple a few, but you can do different things for different people at those different categories. Like, you can't pretend like the most downloaded podcast of all time, Father Mike Schmitz's Bible in a Year hasn't helped you know literally millions of people come to know the lord better it absolutely has but uh, uh an audio thing is not as good as a personal relationship where someone is actively discipling you and right. so you got to look at like all of your ministry all of these different places and you're saying where am i bringing someone personally in along in their faith in christ where and then how can i help you know the three the 12 the whatever the 70 um these concentric circles like and think of ministry in those ways like what am i doing that's a big dragnet the kingdom of heaven is like a big dragnet right cast into the sea it brings in all kinds of fish some of those fish you know are ready for the gospel and some of them aren't so what are your events what are your plans so one of the events that we're going to do um is uh, an apologetic summer series and i'm just going to offer it because we have to record it for our prison ministry so i'm writing it for the prisoners but i'm offering it for the parishioners which is you know am i being redundant uh but as uh, a joke uh but uh, <laughs> we're doing it so that like hey hey maybe someone will come to this that needs it like i it's not required but i would love to have some people here to learn the biblical and historical reasons for sure. the papacy for mary for whatever and it's stuff like that that um i think a lot of times we don't think about like events, stuff who people like us who are intellectually formed and or intellectually driven or, um, you know, like really strong catechesis. Sometimes we think of events and like within youth ministry circles, games, we think of those with kind of like our nose held high. And I'm definitely not the jumpy clappy kind of guy. I hate that stuff, but I see its point, its place, its role. And part of that is to build community. Part of that's to set the tone for the night or for overall. Part of it's just to inject a little lighthearted fun around serious topics. But um, the other part of it is that's the dragnet. You're casting this big net of like, here's a low friction event. You know, like, what did you do? Like whiskey and, and cigars or whatever for your men's group, like low threshold events that anyone could say, yeah, I'll come to that. That sounds fine. But with a point, a purpose, an end, uh, you know, a thing that that kind of directs people and those fish that are meant to go on to the next thing, the Lord can use those events to bring them there. But if you never look at the thousands, you only think like real ministries with the 12 or the three, I think right. you're going to miss some of those events. Oh, yeah. I would always. That's always like a, a tough conversation to have with a new. Yeah youth minister when they would say like well no it you know i I just want to focus on a few kids and it'd be like no no you're not like you have like you have to cast a wide net and it should be like a colander right you shake out yeah. like what you can into smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> things like that you know yeah. and it's I, I yeah i i i love summers at parishes because it's like it seems to be that you're going slower and anytime you go slower in ministry, it's more fruitful. Yeah. I've always felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big movement with Cal Newport called slow productivity. 
And yeah, he's writing a new book on it. I'm I so know. excited. I'm very excited about that. All right, we're going to take a quick break so you can hear from the fine folks at Essential Press. Um, I would encourage you all over the summer, maybe um, look through Essential Press's catalog and say, like, yeah, I'm ready to learn about this, or maybe I don't know enough in this area, and do your own intellectual formation. I mean, let's be honest. They pull out the best speakers and, you know, theologians, um, you know, look through our catalog of people that we've had on the show that we've interviewed who have books with Ascension Press. Um, Lisa Cotter, Dr. Michael Dauphin, uh, <laughs> and other people um, that we've had on the show. I can never pronounce his last name. Uh, Dr. Nutt's book I'm super excited about on on the anointing of the sick. Um, but there's a lot that you can do. So take a moment, go through the uh, ascensionpress.com, look through their titles and say like, yeah, I, I'm really lacking in this area. Let's learn. Um, and then, uh, you know, you know, maybe uh, hit us up, EKSB at ascensionpress.com uh, with your questions and we'll start our f- summer formatting. We'll do plenty of Q&A episodes coming up. After this break, we're going to hear from Dave on how to recruit volunteers. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it, but what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back with Dave, the indelible, incredible, uh, something or other Van Vickle. Hey, how do you do volunteer recruitment? Um, well, uh, if you've been listening to this for a while, you should be able to go ahead and answer for me. The answer is I always do adult faith formation series so that I can use that as a way to see who is serious about their faith. Obviously it's not the only way to see who is serious about their faith. But it is one way to see it is because I can start to interact with them and have them ask questions and things like that. Mm. And then I ask them, um, you know, about what their faith life is like. I do a little bit of an interview thing. Uh, I very rarely cast a wide net for volunteers, very rarely put a put a bulletin announcement or anything like that. It's almost always just peer to peer, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I do the personal ask. I do a meeting face to face. I'm very clear about expectations. Uh, you know, the old adage of treat your volunteers like employees and your employees like volunteers. I totally, totally believe in that. And, uh, I had volunteers who were out of this world. I mean, they were amazing. So it always worked out well. Nice. I like that. My biggest thing, my only recruitment tip is to find the best core members, right? That you already have go to them and say, who would you think would be a good fit? And will you ask them? Right. And the big, the big thing that I've discovered over the years is that like tends to go with like. So when you find a core member, who's really great, they tend to have a really great community and that community. If you can bring on one or two or three people that are maybe not their friends, but that they, that they revolve in similar pair circles, you know that like you you just got a multiplier effect when you bring 
community-based ministry into your volunteers. You know, when you have core members who are all friends who can grow in their faith in Christ together and service together, it amplifies. So that's really what I, I mean, that's what I try to do when I find young adults, when I find parents, I try to look within their friend group or ask them to look within their friend group. Like who, who do you know that you think here at the parish would be awesome for our middle school program, our high school program, a confirmation teacher, you know, and that's, that's my big, my big pull for recruitment. And then we do our big catechist day, which is like one of my favorite things ever. Cause that's where I feel I like, like a Protestant pastor running my non-denom. Cause I give these big <laughs> sweeping mission and vision stuff. And then for the year, and then we send them out and then they go to their own specific training that I don't have to do. Then I get my box <laughs> lunch from Jason's deli and go home. <laughs> that's and that in, in a nutshell is Gomer, everybody. <laughs> that in a nutshell is Gomer. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, I just can't tell you enough. Like if you are in ministry right now, if you're feeling burnt out, take the summer, slow down. Be deliberate about it. Make yourself a schedule. Make yourself a calendar. What parts of your job do you need to improve on? What parts of your life do you need to focus on? And use the summer to do it. It's a great time when things kind of start to slow down. Don't focus on too much at the parish and let the Lord work in you for a little bit. Slow down enough to let him catch you. Yeah. As you're on a break, let this be a time for for refreshment. You need it and the kingdom needs it. God bless y'all. Stay tuned. Every knee shall bow. We love y'all. Keep the emails coming, even though we're going to take a brief break. Um, we're only doing it to be even better uh, for you this summer and this fall. And uh, yeah, we still want to hear from you. We still want to stay in contact. So EKSB at Ascension Press.com. God bless y'all. Stay classy. <laughs>